So we left off at the bottom of the Aftalatum base, very last line, last line and a half, Amr Bishul ben Levi. Afal Pisha, Kara Adam Kriyash Bama Vesakhnes, that's mitzvah lekroise al mitase. A very familiar mitzvah. This is a mitzvah that for some of us we learned before we learned that you say Kriyashma and Shul. Before we learned that you say Kriyashma and Shul twice a day, we learned that you say Kriyashma on your bed before you go to sleep. I was I seem to recall that it was a bit of a shock to me to learn that they said Shma and Shul also. Uh, but as it turns out, we say Shema both in Shul and on our beds. And on our beds. Okay, so it's a mitzvah to read it in bed as well. Amr Yosi Micra. What's the source? What's the source for this idea? The Pasuk says in Tehillim, Rigzu vial techeto. The word Rigzu, Rigez really means uh, rage or, or anger. In this scenario, it kind of means. Uh, uh, to have a little bit of fear, a little bit of yir shemayim, and not to sin. Say in your hearts something on your beds, and be silent. So that is taken to be a reference to the practice of saying Krishman bed. Nachman says, if you are a Talmud Chacham, there's no need. There's no need. Okay. As usual, it's one of those statements in the Gemara where a person has to say to himself, "If I am a, yeah, I don't know if I can really call myself a Talmud Chacham. That's a, that's a big ask. But if you're a Talmud Chacham, you don't have to." Amr Abaya, Af Talmud Chacham, you boil the name Abaya says, "No, even a Talmud Chacham has to say Chad Psuka. He's got to say at least one pasuk, Chad Psuka Derachme, one pasuk of mercy. You should make some kind of reference." To divine mercy before he goes to sleep. Again, what's a good example? A good example. And uh, people who say, uh, people who have a little Krishma uh, booklet next to their beds uh, can attest to the fact that this verse is found in the standard Krishma uh, litany that is printed in those books. In your hand, I into, into your hands I entrust my soul. You have redeemed me, God, true God. This is a very famous quote from Rish Lakish. A person should enrage the Yetzir Hara, the Yetzir Tov. Excuse me. Don't enrage the Yitzhar. Don't mess the Yitzhar. But you should enrage the Yitzhar. Provoke rage and do not sin. So what's the idea? The idea is a person has to kind of appeal to his uh, to his conscience. A person wants to has a desire to sin. The, his first strategy, the first his go-to should be a little bit of, of self-righteous indignation. How could I do such a thing? That's step one. Uh, that might not work. That might not work. It doesn't always work. Sometimes the answer is because <laughs> you did it yesterday and the day before. So, uh, so then what do you do? So if you win, good. If you beat him, then that's great. However, if not, if it doesn't work out, so yasik your next, your next strategic move should be to go sit and learn. The pasuk continues. Say in your hearts. 
So what's the best thing to say in your heart? So you should say Torah in your heart. Im nitzchay that works great. Right? In other words, divert your your uh, your attention to something far better. And hopefully, in the process of uh, attaching yourself to learning, you will uh, your urge to sin will die down. And then finally, so what if that doesn't work? If you beat him, great. You should read Kriyashma. Presumably that's a reference to Bishachbacha. So, or you could say it's a reference to the fact that you read Kriyashma in bed. If you beat him, great. The last option is to bring to mind the day of death. To uh, ponder mortality. If you ponder mortality, chances are, uh, if you do it well enough, you will lose the desire to pursue your sinful interests. I say the uh, the Chafetz Chaim had a coffin in his attic, and when he was feeling the need, he would go upstairs and lie down in the coffin and uh, meditate on the day of death. Pretty dark. But the Chavetz Chaim was not. That's kind of the point. The Chavetz Chaim wasn't a, wasn't a dark person. The Chaim was a very was a very kind and gentle and un-Gothic sort of person. But he had uh, he had his ways of doing things, I suppose. And one of them was wrestlers like used to hang out in cemeteries. Also, that was the thing. Wrestler Chassidim would hang out in cemeteries at night. This is the thing. Contemplating the day of death. The very Jewish idea that we don't like to think about. Anyway, very well. Amr of Levi Bar Chama, Amr of Shem Ben Lakish. My Dixiv, what is it that is written? And I gave you the Luchais of stone, the tablets of stone, and the Torah, and the Mitzvah, which I have written. To teach them. So, Luchais, Elah Sarasadibrish. Generally speaking, we associate the Luchais, the tablets, with the Sarasadibrish. Torah, what's Torah? Zemikra. Torah is a reference to Chumash, to Psukim. Veha mitzvah zu Mishnah. And the mitzvah, the practical application of the mitzvah, is understood to be a reference to Mishnah, to oral Torah. Asher kosafti, elu neviyim uksuvim. And Asher kosafti is a reference to neviyim, prophets, uksuvim, and writings. Lahoi sam, right, the actual application, the hoira, of the Torah, ze gimbara. Melami chikulam nitnu lamoisha mi. And again, where this is being quoted because um, it's a it's a blavi it's a blavi baracham in the name of Rish Lakish. It's not it's not connected to the previous statement. It's just the same author. So blavi baracham just says that, uh, that this pasuk in Shemais is supposed to be a um, is supposed to be a a reference to the fact that all of the Torah was given to Moshe Rabbeinu at Har Sinai. Okay. When somebody reads Kriyashma in bed, he is as well defended as if he were holding a sword of two um, mouths. What does it mean, a sword of two mouths? So, uh, the, the reference comes up in Tanakh, comes up in the Pasuk we're about to quote, but it also comes up in another place. One of the kings of, uh, of Moab, Eglon, is killed 
by a Jewish assassin who has a two-edged sword. And I remember when I learned this, uh, when we learned this in sixth grade, my Rebbe brought in to get our attention and make sure we never forgot, which as you can see worked, he brought in a giant sword, which he had bought in Israel, in the Arab Shuk in the 60s or 70s. Uh, just a huge sword, and he was used it to show us how in the Middle East, swords, generally speaking, were only sharp on one end. That's kind of that classic picture of the curved scimitar, right? And the, um, but uh, in, in European countries, swords always were had two edges. The, the idea that a sword was something you could use not only to chop, but to stab as well, was a big chiddush. So a double-edged sword meant that was like, that was like a, a weapon that a very skilled soldier might wield. A double-edged sword was a big deal. It meant you knew how to do two things with the sword. So, somebody who reads Kriyashma, it's like he has a double-edged sword in his hands. Praises of God were in their throats, and double-edged swords were in their hands. My mashma. What's the uh, context that makes us think this has something to do with Kriyashma? The mashmos, the implication, comes from the beginning of the Indian. The beginning, the previous, <coughs> earlier on in that capital, the, 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 it says, Chasidim will rejoice in honor. They will sing on their beds really means in the, from the places they lie. But here, we're using it to, we're extending the concept to Amishka Vaisam to, um, to Kriyishma. And subsequently, we see the reference to double-edged swords. If you read Kriyishma in bed, you are going to be demon safe. The demons will not come after you. So the words literally means, and sparks will uh, will rise. So the Gemara is going to kind of break it down. This type of rising only can refer to Tyrus uh, so that's a reference to the Tyra um, could your eyes flit over it if you uh, right if a person uh, doesn't keep his eyes on the Tyra at all times with Hazara it will disappear so that's uh, the, the, that's meant to evoke a thoughts of the Tyra in our minds when we see the word of and sparks only refer to demons, or at least sometimes refer to demons. seen as a reference to demons. It's a literal translation of bitter bile or something like that. Katamiriri apparently is the name of a demon. 
say battered by hunger or wasted by hunger l'chumei reshef and uh, uh, what do you call it l'chumei uh, reshef uh, literally means um, how do they put it in our school l'chumei reshef uh, they just write L'chumi Reshev. Yeah, right? yeah they of Reshev. Yeah, well, that was the Reshev. So they're yeah. doing Reshev. They're, transla- they're rendering Reshev not as, I think the literal, the most literal translation is of Reshev is, is Sparks. But they don't want, because for them, they're saying maybe all of these are names of the... Okay. Yeah, no, he says sparks. sparks. Of course he does. Yeah, it's a demon. Right. But a destruction. Yeah, okay. Well, not good things. All right. Amr Abshim ben Lakish. Kol ha'isik ba'tayra yusurim b'dilin ha'imanu. Anybody who learns Torah, somebody who is oisik ba'tayra, what does it mean to be oisik ba'tayra? It's not the same thing as to be loimit tayra. A person can come to the dafayemi and he can kind of put his brain on autopilot. And then a person can come and he can be oisik. He can invest a little effort. He can uh, break a sweat a little bit. Break a sweat a little bit. Maybe he thinks about it again a little later during the day. That's usually a good sign. Somebody who's oisik batayra yisurim b'delin himenu challenges pain uh, will leave him alone. Shenemar u'bnei reshef yagbihu uf and sparks will fly away. Ve'ain uf elo tayra shenemar atayf ein chaboy ve'nenu ve'in reshef el yisurin reshef can also mean yisurin. The sparks can be a reference to yisurin to pain to suffering. Shenemar mizera of uchumei reshef. Same pasuk. Says, ha, even children know what you just told us. <coughs> you don't have to be such an expert. He brought, the, the pasuk he's using is a pasuk in Eif. A person, uh, when a person uh, is very young, you generally don't know very much Eif. Eif is a book that you learn when you're much older and you have uh, much more facility with language and you understand more complicated concepts of the human condition. But even if you uh, just went to school for Seder Shemais, for Seder Shemais, you would know, Vayoymer Shemaya Tishman Lekel Hashem Lekecha, Vayoshabain of Tasa, if you listen to Hashem and you do what is right in his eyes, Vahazantalam Mitzvaysav, and you listen to his Mitzvays, Vishamar Tekochukam, and you guard all of his laws, Kol Hamachal Shersamtu Mitzrayim Leyosim Alecha, all the pain, all the sickness. Which I inflicted on Mitzrayim, I will not place on you. Ki ani Hashem reifecha, for I am Hashem your healer. So Ella, kol she'ef shuloi. So Rabbi Yechonon wants to make a different point now because Rabbi Yechonon doesn't find that this point is sufficiently exciting. Everyone knows this. Ella, kol she'ef shuloi lasik b'tayidam ve'enai oisek. Hakadosh Baruch Hu, maybe I love you, Surin nechu arin. Anybody who has the ability to learn and chooses not to, he has the ability, he can, but then he's too lazy and he comes up with some kind of excuse and he doesn't do it. Hashem brings on him terrible pain. means disgusting, disgusting suffering, sounds like. And they cause him to. Uh, like to be eliminated. Uh, <laughs> As it says in Tehillim, 
refrain from all good. Okay, Vina Kar and my pain uh, was um, that's like when Achav tells Elio, Ha'atazeicher Yisrael, you uh, the destroyer. My my pain was destructive. That's the word. But ain't Taiv? What's Taiv? El Taira. Good is always Taira. Shnemarki lekach Taiv nosati lachem Tairosi al Tazayvu. Right, I've given you. Hashem says I've given you a great thing. Do not abandon my Taira. Omer Bzeira, v'item Rebbe Chanina bar Papa. Boy, urei shaloi kuminus hakadosh baruch kuminus basav adam. Compare the way of of Hashem to the way of a basav adam, the way of a person of flesh and blood. Adam moicher chayfitz l'chaveiroi. Somebody sells something to his friend. Moicher otzei v'lekeach sameach. The seller is sad, and the buyer is happy. Generally, when a person sells a personal item, a personal item, right? some people sell things for a living. But some people, but, but when someone has to sell a personal item, when you have to sell uh, a, a favorite uh, piece of furniture or something, that's not a good sign. That's the seller is sad. Buyer's happy; he found something good. But the seller is sad. He gave the Torah to the Jews, and of course, he's happy. Okay. <coughs> Oh my Rav, the tamer of Chista, in Raya Adam, she Yisurim by in a love. Yifash page by myself, a person sees that Yisurim, that suffering is coming to him. Yifash page by myself, he should examine his deeds. Shenemar nach besadar achinu v'nach kairu v'nashuva ad Hashem. We will examine our ways and investigate them and return to Hashem. Now, pish pish v'loy matzah. Say you investigated your ways and you say, you know, it doesn't look like I did any averus. I don't think I did any averus. Well, that's quite an achievement. You should assume that what you're guilty of is not learning enough. I saw a very nice explanation of this. Uh, it's a very seemingly puzzling, puzzling um, statement because first of all, is in and of itself a sin. And just, it, it's, it's, a very, it's just a very strange statement. Who doesn't have any Averis? And so the explanation I saw... This is a couple of years ago now, and I can't remember whose explanation it was. But uh, the explanation I saw was that, that that if somebody examines himself and concludes that he has no Averis, his real problem is probably that he's not learned enough to understand that he's been doing plenty of Averis. So uh, I always found that explanation uh, very to, to hit the mark. Um, you should assume that it is your lack of learning that makes you think that you're so righteous. Uh, praised is the man who is who has suffering inflicted upon him by Hashem. And who teaches, and who from your Torah you teach him. Now, what happens if a person makes an investigation? He says, "No, I think I've done my due diligence, and in general, and, and, and for real, I actually, uh, I'm pretty good. I'm a pretty good guy, and I'm learning as much as I should be learning. And I don't understand why this is happening to me. Right? Finally, he wants to know why do good things happen to bad people. So the Gemara says, I mean, bad things happen to good people, but it's the flip side of the same question. So the Gemara says." This is the concept of Yisurin Shalahava. Now this is a very complicated idea. It's not something that 
I don't think too many people understand very well, myself included. There's something called Yisurim Shalahava. Sometimes, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives someone Yisurim in this world in order to give them, uh, to, to bring them to greater purity. I'm not talking about that they have a sin and their sin has to be cleaned away. We're talking about they, they will reach greater heights of perfection in the course of battling their illness or pain or whatever it is. It's a very, very serious concept. It's not an easy concept. Yeah, well, that has, the Gemara is going to talk about how you have to accept them and, and, and how they won't come to somebody who's, who's not ready to accept them. Because, of course, that wouldn't be fair. Then they wouldn't be, there wouldn't be any love involved. Who Hashem loves, he will, he will, uh, he will chastise. Someone who Hashem really loves and wants, he crushes him with Yisurim, with suffering. Hashem wants to, he who Hashem wants to crush, he shall make ill. I might think that sometimes Hashem just does that to see what happens, and not because he loves you, not because, uh, not because you're ready to accept him with love. So the pasuk makes reference. The pasuk in, in Yeshaya makes reference to Asham. Ma Asham Ladas, Af Yisurin Ladas. Just as an Asham is Ladas is only uh, with uh, acceptance. Of course, nobody can be forced to recover an Asham. Af Yisurin Ladas. So Yisurin as well. Uh, Yisurin as well must be Ladas. Must be with knowledge. A person has to say, okay, these are the Yisurim that Hashem is giving me, so that I can develop. So I can become an even better, an even greater person. And if a person is not capable, if he's not on that level, then Hashem wasn't, is not going to do it to him. Hashem doesn't test us in that way. So the Gemara says, Vim Kiblin, and if you accept that maschar, what is the reward? The Gemara says, Yire zera yerach yamin, yarich yamin, excuse me. He will see children and live long. Not only that, his learning remains with him and Hashem's desire will see Hatzlacha in his hands what is the definition of Yisurim Shalahava anything which doesn't include Bittl Taira anything which enables the person to continue learning enables him to continue his intellectual life just reference. Praised is the man who suffers at the hand of God, and continues to learn. Yisurin Shalahava means that you're able to, even though you're suffering, you're still able to pray. Blessed is Hashem who has not removed my ability to pray and his kindness for me. Right, so my father said, grandfather, no, my father, hey, both of these count as Yisurin Shalahava. As the Pasuk says, uh, he who Hashem loves, he will chastise. Right? 
we've read the simple reading of that pasuk is you will teach him but if you can also read it you teach us we can learn this uh, we can learn this from your Torah. We can learn this concept from the Torah. Now, the, it's a Kavachemer from the Halacha of Shein Ba'ayin, a tooth and an eye. What's that Halacha? I'm talking about a tooth and an eye that an Eved, if, an, if, a, if a master causes his servant, his slave, to lose uh, his, uh, uh, an eye or a tooth, he goes free. So, Ma Shein Ba'ayin, Shein Echon Me'ibar Shaladam, just as the eye and the tooth which are one of some of the human being's limp. And Evid goes free, the slave goes free, if they are damaged by his master. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives you Yisurin, that afflict your entire body, even more, that he becomes free, in some sense, from his previous limitations. He becomes free of his previous limitations, which are very deep mashal. Uh, and is able to graduate to an to a higher level. Behind the Rishim and Lakish, this is the same statement that is similar to Rishim and Lakish statement. Don't Rishim and Lakish. Neamar bris b'melech v'neamar bris b'yisurin. A reference is made to bris, the covenant uh, with salt. V'neamar bris b'yisurin, so too with pain. Neamar bris b'melech. What's the bris melech? What's the covenant of salt? Simply tash bris melech bris, the salt of the covenant. Now. Worth clarifying in the ancient world, salt is a symbol of covenant. That salt has to always be offered together with every carbon as a reference to the covenant. That's why people are particular to have salt on the table uh, now when you wash to sit down to eat a meal. And whenever bris pisur and dechsev, ele divrei abris, ele divrei abris, says ele divrei abris after the klolis, after the curses which are mentioned in Sefer Dvar. So. Uh, it's a similar idea that uh, that suffering is a sort of covenant. Just as salt, uh, the bris of salt, um, salt sweetens meat. What does it mean, sweetens? It means it makes it taste more pleasant. It doesn't mean it makes it sweeter. It tastes more pleasant. Purify us from all our sins. Okay? Tanya. There are three things that Hashem gave Klal Yisrael, and none of them come cheap. Torah, there it's Yisrael, Torah menayin. Shneimar, how do we know Torah comes with Yisurin, comes with pain? Shneimar, Ashrei Agaver Asher Tiyasrenu Ka, and with Torah Sicha Tlamidenu. We see that Torah and Yisurin are placed together in that pasuk. So that was the third time we're referencing it now. Now, when I was in, back when I was in yeshiva, I remember my yeshiva said that uh, he, he, it was part of a much longer lecture, but he he understood this as uh, when a person a person has the ability to um, transmute his that th- the pain which awaits him, which rightfully he uh, should be experiencing, he can he can trade it for serious for serious time put in learning. If a person pains himself over the sugya, if he if someone stays up late because they don't understand what they're learning and they they're, they're fighting sleep and they're they're their body is fighting them, but they want to, they force themselves to continue learning. 
that is a way that a person can trade in Yisurim that ought to have come to him, suffering that ought to have come to him for suffering in the base matters. <coughs> so, the Pasuk says, It's good, there's some, there's some pain that's good. A person can choose. If you can choose how, how to get your pain, then, choose, then you should choose. So you should go and learn. You should go and learn and suffer a little over your learning. Chaim Salvechik used to see Chaim Salvechik was this conceptual genius so he would stand in the corner and he would think about a particular topic and he, he would do it until the students were right, they recall that he would become purple in the face and he would develop a headache from, from focusing so intensely uh, on one thing for hours and hours and he would have to run and put his head in the sink <laughs> they run cold water over his head because he had so hyper-focused on the one topic that he was, uh, whatever he was thinking about. That's, uh, that's a good strategy. So, Eretz Yisrael, Dechsev ki kasha yasr ish espinoi Hashem lekecha miyasreka, just as a person sometimes has to give a little pain to his child, Hashem gives pain to us. And we know, of course, that Eretz Yisrael only comes with great suffering. Right? The Pasuk says right afterwards that Hashem is bringing you to a good land. And finally, Mitzvah, a mitzvah is a candle, and Torah is light, and the way of life is uh, chastisements of Musar. Alright. Anybody who learns Tyre and does Chesed, and buries his children. Horrible, horrible thing. There's no question this person doesn't have any Averis left. He's a good person, he does the right thing, and nonetheless he loses a child. So that's uh, that's about as righteous as it gets. So I'm going I understand What's chesed? Chesed means chesed, doing nice things. Uh, Somebody is very involved in giving. He will have life. Life in general is a reference to the life of Elam Haba. Excuse me. and truth is Buy truth and don't sell it. Buy and hold. Ella, is Where's this business come of burying one's children? says So an old man came and told him in the name of Shimon Yechai. It comes from like a gzeir shove of the word Avon. We just quoted the Pasuk that says with kindness and truth uh, sin will be uh, forgiven. The Pasuk in Yirmiya says that sometimes HaKadosh Baruch Hu HaKadosh Baruch Hu is uh, takes the takes payment for the sin of, of fathers from their children. Rabbi Yechanan says, Negoim, uh, Taras, 
and banim and the death of children, those are not Yisurim of Ahav. It's a very, very scary statement. Rashi is already, Rashi already feels our concern. Look at the top Rashi. Rashi says, Ubanin, We think that this means, we're going to forget about that. No way. There's no question that that's Yisurim shall have. But we think at this point that he means to say that somebody who buries his children uh, is not Yisurim shall have. So, <clears throat> The Gemara says, Is that the case? Can the Goyim, can Taras really not be Yisurim Shalahab? Anybody who has one of the four types of Taras, four, four colors of Taras, they themselves are an altar of Kapara, of Kapara, of forgiveness. So, so what? Mizbeach Kapara, Havu Yisurim Shalahab, Loyavu. So they're they're mizbeach of kapara, but not yisurim shalahava. Excuse me. The Gemara answers mizbeach kapara hava yisurim shalahava loyav. Just because somebody is receiving a kapara doesn't mean yisurim shalahava. They're not yet at the level. It's it's a very nice thing that they're receiving forgiveness, but they have not yet reached the exalted level of yisurim shalahava of a person who has no sins and is simply being given suffering in order to improve himself. Another understanding is That's there in Eretz Yisrael. In Eretz Yisrael, people live in Arichayim and walled cities, which are like the camp. You have Shiluach Machanais. If somebody gets Tsaras and he lives in Yerushalayim, he has to go outside the wall of the city. He has to go sit. He has to. He has to go into the into the into the midbar. He has to go into the wilderness. But uh, in Bavel, they don't get sent out. In Babel, they don't get sent out. Rashi's implication is that they were still observing Tsaras in Babel. Taisus talks about this. What's going on here? What's going on here? So Taisus brings up Shat that says, no, it really just means that in Eretz Yisrael they keep the laws of Tomantara, and in Babel we don't. Uh, but Rashi seems to be under the impression that at least at some point they were keeping the laws of, of Tsaras even in Babel. But you didn't have to leave. There was no need to leave. So there was very little Yisur in Shalahava. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't a person could have a, a nega. He hides it under a shirt and no one ever has to know. He doesn't have to leave the machana and grow out his hair, etc. Okay. Viboy Seima. Hobbit Sina. Hobbit It depends where the nega is. The nega might be under your clothes. If it's under your clothes, no one knows. But if it's on your face, then everybody finds out. Well, your face is not a good example. That's a really different type of nega. It's on your hands, everyone finds out. Okay. Ubanim loy. So the Gemara says, can you? Can that really mean ubanim loy? Is that is that really possible? A person loses his children. That's not the Yitzurim Shalahava. Hey, What does this mean? If what you mean is that he had children and they died. Rabbi Yechen used to say, this is the grama, this is the bone of Asira Abir, of the tenth son. Rabbi Yechen had uh, terrible tragedies in his life. Many of his children died. Many of his children died. And uh, he, would, um, he would carry around with him a bone of his tenth son who had died. He would carry this bone around with him. And when, when he would meet somebody who was in a crisis, who had a personal tragedy, he would, he would share, he would, he would comfort them by saying, you know, I've been there. I know what it means to have personal pain. By saying, this is the bone of the tenth child I buried, which is, of course, a nightmare. Um, but he was showing them that a person can survive, uh, can survive terrible suffering. 
Ella had the havali klal, but had havali mesu. The Gemara says, right? In other words, uh, in other words, Rabbi Yechon, Rabbi Yechon, what Rabbi was trying to demonstrate was that me, I'm Rabbi Yechon, and if I have this tragedy happen to all this tragedy happened to me, it must be because Hashem loves me. It must be because because uh, it was there for my good, for my ultimate good. So uh, so it can't be that somebody who uh, Rabbi Yechon's entire point was that if you are losing children, it's because Hashem loves you. So then, how could we say otherwise? The Gemara says you're right. We're just referring to when we said banim up top. We didn't mean someone who loses his children. We referred to somebody who never, who has not merited to have children. Okay. Okay, Rabbi. Yeah, this is no, this is not like the I, I don't I don't take this lightly at all. This is not a simple. This is the idea that children would die because of the owners of their parents. That's that's in the Torah as well. But uh, I always understood that to mean <coughs> if the children themselves were a shayim, mm. then you know the fact that uh, the fathers had uh, had problems would would add to their sorrows. Yeah, I almost saw. I've, I've seen that pshat. The Chazal say one, one, that's one of the pshatim Chazal say, and uh, and I I always thought of it kind of as it's like it's almost more than it's a punishment. It's just a consequence. In other words, if if we if our if we're generations and generations of thieves, we're only be, going to become worse and worse thieves. The, the thievery is just going to become worse and worse. But the, but the, right, this seems to be something else. This seems to yeah, not a simple concept. It's not a simple concept where another another full blown human being takes an einish. It's not, it goes beyond kapara. It's yisurim shalahav. It's for my improvement. It's a very very uh, mm. hidden concept. Yeah, I don't. I don't There's use this commentary uh, saying that the pain of bereavement is the kapara, and the remaining childless afterwards is the affliction of love. Mm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, it's not the simple shot, but yeah. But uh, okay. Mm. Children that give you a lot of trouble, is that what? Yeah, it's a. Mm. It's a very. It's a. It's not a simple. Yisurim Shlahav is one of the hardest concepts in Judaism. Listen, this is the, this this the Gemara is not not holding anything back. <clears throat> yeah, it's something we have to think about. Rabbi got sick. Rabbi Yechonah went to him. He went to visit him. So Rabbi Yechonah apparently was the Yisurim expert. He was somebody who had been through a lot. He was like the uh, the Victor Frankel of the of the Talmudic period. So So he asked him, "Are you? Do you appreciate? Do you appreciate what this suffering does for you?" Victor Frankel actually is a good source to read on this. Do you appreciate what this suffering does to you? He's very honest with him. He says, "I'll tell you the truth, Rabbi Yechonah." I'm not there. I don't. I'd, ra- I'd rather live without the schar and the yisurim. I don't. I don't want that. I don't want this. Give me your hand. He gave him his hand and he healed him. Okay. So now what goes around comes around. Rebbeichanan gets sick. Rebbeichanan comes to visit him and says, "Do you enjoy this?" So amazing. Rebbeichanan himself says, perhaps maybe when he himself is sick. He takes a different perspective. Again, he's a person who suffered his whole life, but there's something about being sick. He said, I can't take it. So he says, Give me your hand. Again, he makes himself, uh, he, he heals him. He, he gave him his hand and he healed him. 
Let him do it himself. We know he knows how to do it from before. Let him heal himself. So the Gemara says, Whatever it is, this illness, this spiritual thing that's going on, a prisoner cannot free himself from prison. You have to be freed from prison. Okay? went to see him. And he saw that he was staying in a, he lived in a dark home, in a, pl- a house that got no sunlight. Galiladare, he rolled back his sleeve, he revealed his arm, and light shined out. Nafonahaira either means that, uh, it could mean a, a very simple physical thing, that his arm looked very uh, white in the gloom. He was a, he was a, an attractive looking person, and it was supposed to be beautiful. Right. So it was so dark, so his kind of, it was almost as if his arm was shining. Nafonahaira could also mean that it began, that, 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 that there was a physical light which emanated from him. So, Chazid uh, and in the light he could see that he was crying. The Havkabachir Belaz, he said Belaz is crying. So Amalei, Amai, Ka, Bachis, what are you crying about? Imishim Tayr, Delay Afshis, if you're concerned, maybe you didn't learn enough. Shaninu, <laughs> he doesn't say, don't worry, Rebbe Lazar, you're a big Tamachacham. No, no. Shaninu, Echaramar, Bebecharamam, and Uvaji Chabni Mashamayim. Don't worry. The Mishnah Menachah says, even if you don't do so well, as long as you have, your heart was in the right place, you know? <laughs> Rebbe Lazar, who's a, one of the greatest guys, and we couldn't even imagine what it would mean to be. <laughs> don't worry. If you feel like you're a little bit of an Amor, it's, that's all right. Your heart was in the right place. Vimishum, it sounds like Rebbe Echaran was very into tough love. Vimishum. Uh, Bonnie, if you're sad because uh, apparently he had lost uh, he had uh, he had lost children, Bonnie. If you're sad because you lost children, he said, you know, bend there. Dan Garment that's your beer. Here's the bone of my tenth child. There's nothing to be uh, to be. You shouldn't you shouldn't be heartbroken at this time. It sounds like he was concerned. Maybe he was going to die. So he said, uh, you know, this is this type of suffering is a good thing. So. He says, it is the, uh, he says, it's you. He says, I'm not crying over myself. I saw how, I see how beautiful, perhaps it's how spiritually uh, uh, well-developed you are. And I realize because I've been, I've been thinking about mortality because I'm going to die. And I realize that you're going to die too. So I got over it. I'm, I'm okay with myself dying. I'm ready for that. But you dying is making me very sad. You're right about that, and uh, they both, they both cry. Very mysterious Gemara. So after uh, things settled down a little, he said, "Do you do you like this?" He says, "I could really do without it." And he did his thing. He gave him his hand, and he raised him up. All right, Ravuna. A slightly less dark uh, turn. The Gemara says, Ravuna had 400 barrels of wine go bad, which is a very serious financial loss. So these Amiroim came to visit him. The Amrila, or rather, Barahava Rabban, okay, different per, maybe a different group of Amiroim. Ramule, well, they said, you know, you should probably. Uh, you should probably consider whether or not you did anything to deserve this. What kind of way is that to talk? Do I do I really seem so suspicious in your eyes? Do you think I'm a crook? Are you rather suggesting that we should say, we should look at you, a righteous person who's suffering, and say, oh, Hashem has no right, to, Hashem's not right because he's causing this righteous man to suffer. 
We shouldn't say that. It's more likely that you have something you need to improve. And tough love was clearly very popular. If somebody has a problem, if somebody heard that, and it sounds like he's, he concedes their point, says so if anyone has, if you have something that I need to, to fix, tell me. So Amalei, hachi shmielon. And he sounds like maybe he suspected that they had a point. Amalei, that they were tr- building up to something. Hachi shmielon, mar, arise. We heard, they say uh, politely, that you don't give the shabisha. Shabisha is a um, part of the actual, Ravuna was a winemaker. And he had, the, there's some part of the vine which was traditionally given to, according to the Mishnah Mavetziah, it's traditionally given to the artist, to the sharecropper. And he didn't give it to him. He didn't give him. He didn't fully pay him. He stiffed his, his work. He said, no, 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 you don't understand. He ripped me off a hundred different ways before I decided not to give him. Uh, it was a terrible business experience. And of course I didn't give him all the uh, all the fringe benefits discussed in the contract. This guy's not my friend or your friend. He's bad news. He ripped me off. This is what people say this is the this is a common saying uh somebody steals from a ganev right he too tastes the flavor of geneva you don't want to even steal from a ganev if you owe a ganev money you should pay the ganev money even if you stole from you amalhu for sure such a righteous person amalhu kabilna alai dihivnale i accept on myself to um to give it to him so the more says you could amri hodder khala bahava khamra the um the uh, the uh, vinegar became wine again. And another version says that the price of vinegar went through the roof. And he sold it for the price of wine. Right, so one is a little more miraculous than the other. Okay. I am distressed over two things. My entire life. Or not. I, I'm, I'm worried. I want this to happen. My tefillah, my prayer, that it should be lifnei mitasi. Um, we'll explain exactly what that means in a moment. Ba'al mitasi shetehei nesuna bein tzafin ladarim. My bet should be placed between north, it should go north-south. Al tefillah shetehei lifnei mitasi. My lifnei mitasi, what does that mean? Ilei mofnei mitasi mamish. If you mean actually in front of my bed. When a person davens, he should stand straight against the wall. He shouldn't let his bed be between him and the wall. When Cheskyo was sick, Yeshaya came to reprove him, and he turned his face to the wall. A person should be should kind of just place himself against the wall to daven. So the Gemara says. Nothing to do with physical location. But it means the Samach Lamitasi. In other words, right away, when I get up, I daven. I don't waste time with anything else. Rashi says you shouldn't even learn beforehand. People say, no, of course you could learn beforehand, but uh, right away, a person should be involved in daven. Um, that my bed should face north south. Facing your bed that way uh, makes it more likely that you have male children. Okay. 
makes his wife less likely to miscarry. Behold, there were twins in her womb. So that reference of Timale, that connects it to the to this Pasukin Tehillim and suggests that it protects against miscarriage. Okay, we'll stop here. <coughs> wow. yeah.